Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make Him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy. Very excited. Okay. Well, that was incredible. Oh, we're still there. I'm going to be talking at a really high volume, so just get ready for that. Okay. So, happy 4th of July, Streams Church. That's right. As you can see, I'm wearing my red, white, and blue. It is a red, white, and blue day. We're doing this, and uh, you knew it was 4th of July, and that you'd be coming to church and hearing about freedom in Christ, right? That's right. I decided to go all out. Um, I got a question. How many good kids do we have in the house? Like, you grew up a good kid. Like, like you, were, you were a really good kid. Like, you were the kid that, that parents are like, 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 brag about how good they are at raising you. Like, you were that kid. We got a, we got a, we got a few. We got a few. Okay, how many bad kids? No, don't raise your hands. I'm just kidding. I'll do it. I'll do it for everybody. All right? I was a terror uh, growing up. Uh, I, uh, you should know that growing up, I had a great deal of, of freedom. I, uh, my parents were out working or unavailable most of the time. My mom worked a night shift, and so she was a nurse, and uh, this left me on my own a lot. And uh, I did whatever I wanted most of the time. And in this, I developed some bad habits. I was pretty destructive. I was aggressive. I was mean. I talked back. I had, had bad grades. I was one of those, like, don't tell me how to live my life kind of eight-year-olds, you know? Uh, You know, kind of. Real dangerous. Um, uh, It's the kid you don't want in your house. The one that's like, is Martha bringing their son? I don't... Let's cancel the whole thing. Like... And uh, during the summers, it was particularly rough because I was home all the time. So my mom would come home from work, and she'd need to sleep, and I'd break something. And um, every summer... My aunt would, uh, my Aunt Mahal, she lived in Vegas with my cousins. She would offer to take me in and uh, for a few months. Something to note about my aunt, she works for a Nevada State Prison. Um, she, uh, hmm, she was a, a counselor and psychologist for some of the roughest people. So she's like, oh yeah, I'll take them. Um, and I would stay with them for up to, but not limited to, a couple of months at a time. And uh, it would be my aunt who would lay down the law. She'd be available. She would, even when she wasn't available, it was like a cloud over me to be like, she's going to come home any minute. <laughs> and um, and it, it, she gave me all these responsibilities, and you have these rules and these things that I had to follow, and, 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 and like chores, for instance, you know. It's just standard fare for a kid growing up to have chores. And, but it was none of this, like, you do work and you get allowance nonsense. It was clean the bathroom or I'll kill you. And, and I wasn't sure if she ever meant it, but I, I felt like she did. Um, and even still under the structure, it just made me kind of try to be a little sneakier about, like, getting in trouble, you know, like... If I knew I was going to get spanked, I'd like wear like four layers of jeans and be like, ha, it worked twice. But I like to brag about things when I was little, so I'd be like, that doesn't even hurt. Bare butt. Um, so anyway, 
It was this, there was this one summer I was over there. Uh, Jurassic Park 2 had just come out. So a long time ago. And uh, so I was eight years old. Don't do the math. And um, we went and saw Jurassic Park, and we came home and played. Uh, I was a raptor. My cousins were humans. I ate them. It was a great time. And uh, bedtime rolls around, and we fall asleep. And I wake up in the middle of the night, and I need to pee. And I roll over, and I'm like, all right, I just get up and do it. And here's the window right here next to my bed, and I'm sleeping in this room with my cousin. And I'm looking out this window, and I'm certain if I stare out this window too long, I'm going to see a big T-Rex eye just kind of like pop in and like look at me. Remember, eight, okay? Don't judge me. <laughs> I get out of bed, I'm like, all right, let's just let's do this really quick, and I bound into the hallway, and by bound, what I actually mean is I, very light. I'm like, uh, okay, we're okay, nothing's in here, and I head to the bathroom, and I open the door, and I see the one thing that no kid in the middle of the night after seeing a horror movie wants to see. Closed shower curtains next to the toilet. <laughs> see, my mind's already racing, right? I'm positive that something's gonna get me tonight. And I've made it this far only to be stopped by the absolute certainty that there is a velociraptor hiding behind those curtains. And this is my last night alive. It's like that scene in the movie where the guy is like aiming at the raptor in the first one, and then the other one pops up right here and is a clever girl and he gets eaten. Like, I don't want that to be, I don't want to be aiming and then boom, gone, right? So I shut the door, I go to the kitchen. And I start looking for things to go in. And I see the plant, and I think, I don't want to kill the plant. So I go into the cupboards, looking for something, a bowl. I'm like, ah, no, that's not going to work. That might get everywhere. What about the sink? No. Again, I don't want to make a mess, right? So I go to the bedroom, and I sit there, and I'm tired, and I'm scared, and I did what anyone would do, being eight-year-old in that situation, is I just went right on the floor. I went, and I went, dope, and I went to sleep, boom, out, and I slept like a baby, and I forgot I even did it, and I woke up to my aunt going, who peed on the floor? <laughs> and I, remember, I forgot, so I get up, and I'm like, someone peed on the floor, that's ridiculous, and then I was like, oh, and I see my aunt holding a wet sock, and it's clear what it is, there's a white carpet, and there's just a ring. And uh, I'm like, oh, that was me. And I was like, shoot, we don't have a dog. And my younger cousin wasn't sleeping in here. He'd be the most obvious culprit. Well, whatever. My youngest cousin, I blamed him. And he got spanked. Yeah, 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 it's pretty bad. And then I was dumb enough to brag about it to my other cousin. I did that. So he tells on me, and I got wrecked. Um, I ruined that carpet. I would go on to ruin, I would break TVs, closet doors, dressers, mirrors, my cousins. Um, yet every single year, without question, my aunt would bring me back. Every single year, she would take care of me. She'd give me these responsibilities. She'd put me, she'd say, you're the man of the house while I'm away. She taught me value and worth. And uh, 
and she picked me up, and, and, and it never seemed, no matter what I had done, no matter what I did, no matter what I said to her, no matter how I acted, to her, I was her nephew. That's the end of it. And she loves me. And she would reach me and teach me uh, Christian values. She would show me what Christ's love was like. And sometimes she'd show me what my Amahal's wrath was like. But it would be through this that I would come home changed. And, and, and I'm not saying it would stick, because I'd obviously have to go back the next year. But every year it was a little bit more different. And here's the thing, my home life hadn't changed. My situation um, with my mom wasn't any different, but my outlook on who I was and how I spent my time got better every single time. I learned to appreciate this freedom and how to use it. And it was my, it was my first real glimpse into what the love of Christ looked like. And my first understanding that I didn't have to live and be a bad kid or be this person. But that things could get better when I use that freedom more effectively. We're going to be in Galatians. We're going to pull up Galatians 5, 1 right up here. But we're going to be in Galatians. So if you have your Bibles, feel free to open them up. Galatians 5. And we're going to start right here with, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. I love that. I would call myself something of a, a free spirit. I Really what that means is I just like to do whatever I want. And uh, that is my favorite thing to hear. You are free. And I know uh, when I'm bounding through life and I'm excited, that's a great thing to hear. But also even at the worst points of my life where I was struggling, where I felt chained down, where I felt like things weren't working out, that I had made all of these decisions, that I was not in the right place or frame of mind to hear the words, I have set you free. That changed my life. But hold on. It continues, and it says, Stand firm, therefore. Do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Do not submit to the chains, the prison, the restrictions of slavery. And these are the kinds of things that bring you down, hold you back from what God has for you. They bring you death and condemnation. They control you, and they ultimately hurt you. And I read this, and I think, well, obviously, like, I'm not going to submit myself to something like that. That's terrible. That should be, yeah, I'm free. I wouldn't, why would I want that to happen? But I found it's really easy to accidentally fall into these things as a Christian. We have an enormous amount of freedom and grace that gives us the ability to live as we wish. And there were many times in my life where the very things that I wanted, the very paths that I, I desired or chose to take, they were not the best things for me. And they were the kinds of things that I fed myself on regularly. It ranged from unhealthy lifestyles to getting my cousins in trouble and being a terror to my aunt. And Paul begins to talk about one of the slaveries that Christians often get themselves caught up in, which is the slavery of the flesh. I mean, Galatians 5.19. And the slavery of the flesh is being controlled by the desires of our flesh. And it reads, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, 
jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these, I warn you as I warned you before. Those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And as we know, and if you don't know, as a Christian, all these things are forgiven. You are loved, and Jesus paid a price so great that none of these sins could ever take that away so long as you choose to follow him. God has grace. Amen? But sometimes we take our grace and we say, I probably shouldn't do that, but yeah, I'm, I'm free in Christ. And, and obviously we'd never just say that, but we might think it and our actions might reflect that. And I know as a Christian and as a pastor myself, I have struggled with enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalry, dissensions, divisions, and envy. It's easy because it's easy to feed. It's easy because it's a thought that rolls into the smallest action and then barrels into another action and another one and another one. It happens the uh, first time you see a dish in the sink that you just cleaned. After you just cleaned the kitchen, you say, somebody did this on purpose. <laughs> For those of you, I, like, I feel you, I know. It feels like that. It, it's the moment where you decide that the person that cut you off in the freeway is the worst person in the world. And it might not be a bad thing to tailgate them. Or if you're being tailgating, like, break check. I don't know how I know about those examples. I'm just sharing, um, you know, what I've heard about road rage. It's that little voice that says, you know what? They suck. And they deserve whatever comes to them. And I don't have to be a Christian to that person. And just like that, you've let a hurt or a desire of the flesh take hold. And before you know it, it becomes a pattern and a habit. And the sin does feel good for a little bit. As a part of being a, a bad kid and actually a rough teenager, I did a lot of things I shouldn't have. I did drugs, uh, alcohol, and the like. I, would, I put off a lot of things. I procrastinated. I, um, I got in a lot of trouble. And at the moment, those felt good to do. Nobody just... Nobody bounds into a life like that, being like, this is, this is right, this is good. This is what I want to be, and this is what I want to do. It happens because, one, it's all you know, but two, it, does, it feels good in that moment. It's bits of relief in the moments where I said, eh, what's one time? It's a little bit of ecstasy for long-term long damage to the people around you and yourself. And if you know anything about drug use, you know it, you do it to feel good, you do it to feel high, but eventually you do it more and more to feel normal. And those little offenses, those moments where you say they deserve it, those moments where you choose what your flesh wants, it's those moments, it's in that place that it starts to normalize. And the next thing you know, it's normal to yell at your spouse. The next thing you know, it is normal to be angry with your kids every time they talk to you. 
It's normal to hate your parents. It's normal to despise your job. And in order to feel normal, your body will naturally do the things that once made you feel good. But now, inevitably, inevitably make you feel terrible. So uh, maybe some of you are struggling with anger or bitterness, or you hold that temper tight to you. Maybe it's hurting someone else. Your venomous words make you feel good, but they hurt others. You see, nobody wakes up and uh, just becomes wrapped in bondage. No one rolls out of bed and says, you know what, today I choose sin. Most of the time, it's a moment of weakness where we let our guard down. Then again and again, and then you find yourself bound by the very thing Christ set you to be free from. So this leaves us with a choice. Do we continue to live in the bondage of our slavery, or do we let freedom reign? Again, and maybe it's not this big thing. Maybe you're sitting here like, this is not this huge thing that's plaguing my life. Maybe it's not this terrible sin that's ruining your marriage. Uh, but at some point or another, something likely popped into your head. Something that you shouldn't be doing, something that you should step away from, something that makes it a little harder than it should be. And the Holy Spirit is showing you right now that this is not of Him, and it is slowly dragging you down. It's that thing that you don't want to talk about because it's not a big deal. Maybe it's time you addressed it. It's the way you treat your family and your friends. It's how you spend your time. What do you watch regularly? Whatever it might be. And, and hear me, I, I mean, this isn't like, you know, first off, God has absolute grace. 100%. This isn't a list of do's and don'ts. You're not shamed for your sin. That's not the purpose of what Christ did. He wants you to be free. Truly free. So that you can experience exactly what God has for you. If I could have the worship team come up. 1 Peter 2.16 reads, Live as people who are free, not using your freedom for a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Maya Mahal showed me with her life what it meant to be free. I got to see somebody who operated as a Christian and loved as a Christian and gave grace as a Christian who lived free. And it took me a long time and a lot of mistakes to see exactly what that's supposed to look like. Uh, if you don't know, uh, like I said, I was a rough kid and I was a rougher teenager. I was expelled from my high school twice. Twice. The same high school. Like, I always thought that when you get expelled, like, that's it, you know. But it happened twice. A lot of bad decisions that I had made. And the second time, I remember being like, I don't, I don't think this is the direction I want my life to go. I'm looking around at all my friends who are at this uh, school that's for people who got kicked out of the main high school. Arrested, and a lot of them aren't, I can look back now, I say a lot of them aren't around anymore. And I think, I remember being like, I don't want this. And I remember turning back to Christ 
and being like, uh, hey, Jesus, I know I messed up, and I did the whole bargain thing, you know, like, you know, I'll be a good Christian and all that, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it was like nothing had happened. I moved right back into my faith, and I just started going, and the next thing I know, I graduated high school. Amen. I graduated the high school I was expelled from twice. I got back there somehow. It wasn't supposed to happen. It was actually a mistake, a clerical error. But I was back and I graduated and I went to college. I went to a college and, and it was something nobody ever thought I would do because everyone's like, in fact, I was told not to by a lot of people. They're like, you're not very academic. Maybe you shouldn't go to college. I went. Um, and even then, again, I started getting into things that I shouldn't have. And then again, I turned to God and I said, I'm messing up. I think I'm going to get expelled from college. I was going <laughs> to, it's a pattern at this time. But then Christ showed up again. I graduated near top of my class. What's so cool about God is that when I came and surrendered myself to him, he saved me and he helped me and he moved me and then I messed up again and he turned back to him. I turned back to him and he did it again and again and again and I have seen God move mountains in my life and I'll see him do it again. And I look out at this congregation and I know that some of you might be facing the mistakes of your past or you might be looking at something you've always been or something you've always dealt with or something you've made normal in your life and you think, what's the point of even addressing it? I've learned to live with this. It's fine while I'm staying here today. Now, let this be a choice that you've made to let freedom reign in your life. That this isn't going to be who you are because Christ and his son, that we would not only have salvation, but freedom here and now. That we may have life and life more abundantly. Amen. That you don't have to be this person. That the road that you can walk can and will make it better. So does the freedom reign true in your life? Are you free? If you don't feel that way, We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to pray for you. We have an awesome prayer team here. Um, our pastors are always ready to meet with you, pray with you right away, right here. As we close out, Lord, thank you so much for this day. Lord, thank you for being such an amazing God, for loving us, for taking care of us, for, for watching over us and guiding us wherever we go. Lord, thank you for forgiving our sins, for giving us true freedom in you. Lord, we pray for the, the people in this room right now. As they're thinking about all the things that they're dealing with, they're thinking about the struggles that they might have, Lord, that, that you say right now to them that that is not what you made for them, that is not the best for them, Lord, that you have set them free here today they have their identity in you, Lord. That they are joint heirs with Christ. That they are more than conquerors. They are part of a holy nation. Lord, we thank you for the restoration, for the goodness that you bring. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon. If you want to know more about us, you can find us at streamschurch.org or on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you enjoyed this content, subscribe and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Till next time, have a great week.